Welcome back for episode three of Beneath the Heathen Moon. Ryan, what are you talking about today? Today, I have a question. Uh huh. What calls to us from the corner of our eyes? When we see something that's been put away and yet it's out of place, what causes us to want to look closer? What sirens calls draw us to Pandora's box? What curiosities contained within Schrodinger's box make us want to look? Cats! Even though, <laughs> even though we know something is inside but not inside, what is it? That mystery that calls to us. So, uh, just to, just to, just to interject. Today, I was closing at a place where there's the largest murder of crows passes by at dawn and at dusk. And I have been going and closing there at dusk for two weeks now. And... I used to be really friendly with all of these crows. They used to drop me things, and it was really like, it was really spiritual and fun, but today, they sounded different to me. They were like, almost like more like, is she back? Is she not? Why are we seeing her again? You know, like they, that familiarity last week they didn't have that it was just they were just there they didn't i didn't feel them paying attention to me today when i was getting in the car i had um there was one and it laughed at me <laughs> you know how they mimic mm -hmm. sometimes so i looked up and i remember feeling like oh one of them's laughing because it's gonna shit on my head but i just kept going because i didn't know if it was going to or not and i knew that it probably wasn't going to be as terrible as shit, but I knew that it was going to be something. And it wasn't, but it was still interesting. So it's that, like, pushing beyond what you know. That's what your question brings back to me. And because that just happened, like, kind of... It, it, it kind of makes sense. Like, that's how I connect it right now, but... Interesting. Mm-hmm. This is definitely going to play on your head a little bit. Mysteries hidden away, put away by someone else, things that are lost but not lost, purposely placed to be lost. The big question is, why do we put them there in the first place? Now. All I can think about is Lock and Key, the new show that we've been watching. That's okay. it. That's all I'm thinking about. This is gonna rattle you for a bit. Back in 2016, on the wondrous show, internationally acclaimed, The Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> in England, just outside of Cornwall, a guy shows up and he has an old bottle. And it's not quite a wine bottle, it's like a kind of square, interesting bottle, kind of something fancy. He was renovating his house that was built 200 years ago. And he was tearing apart the front door, and under the threshold 
there was a, uh, a wine bottle stuck under the threshold of their house. Now they figure that this bottle was placed there sometime in the mid-1840s, so like 1830 to 50, kind of in that realm. And the Antiques Roadshow expert, because he's an expert, they decided that absolutely well and usually they, they, they have obviously are there for a reason right like they have all the training and the talent and that this is what they do for a living this guy kind of shit the bed <laughs> so he postulates that this was placed there by incident or accident and that it was some type of mid 1800s you know 19th century port wine that somebody wanted to squirrel away into the threshold of their house so was there liquid in it still it was full oh okay so well half full let's say all i think is which and is jars it's, and I think it's like it super can't be it's natural thing. it's super murky like this is obviously something you, you drink do it. not want to put in your mouth well <laughs> that's the best part this guy busts out a syringe and he Plugs the cork the and guy. drains the, the expert. Guy? The expert drains some of the liquid from this bottle, puts it into a little shot glass, and he has himself a little sip. Says it tastes kind of minerally, like really irony and kind of tangy. Well, obviously, this bottle that's been sitting, you know, in a house for well over 150 years Can I ask you is a not going to taste good. What did he ask if he could do this? He asked if oh, he could good. do this, and the guy—I would have been pissed. The guy who found it was like, "Sure, man, you want to drink this swill in a bottle? You, you go to town. You do that." What kind of liability insurance do they have? Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Upon further investigation, some experts popped the cork on this bottle because they were quite intrigued by it. Because obviously, after the show, everybody was like, "Well, hang on a minute." Hang on. I gotta get here. me a sip. Let's let's see what this actually was, because <laughs> uh-huh. there's a lot of other speculations that come around. Oh God, was it like obviously formaldehyde or something? Well, uh, the contents that they could sort of break down uh, was urine, alcohol, <laughs> a single human hair, brass <laughs> pins, and nails, yes. and some other varieties of mineral and organic aggregates that had broken down over time. Holy shit. So he straight he up drank, drank somebody's some sour hot, jar. hot pee. Oh, no. And back in the 1500s, earlier, throughout sort of a big thing in Europe, there was a fear of witches. And a lot of people were putting together witches is. jars. And there is. Mm. But they're putting together witches jars to ward them off from entering the home. Right. And they were basically using witches' already known practices of making these ward jars. They were getting witchy. Yeah, being witchy to keep away the witchy. (laughs) It seems completely counterintuitive. But it gets worse. (laughs) This is not an isolated case. Now, you and I... Probably six months ago, we're scrolling through the wonders of YouTube, and I was watching these guys metal detect around in a field. I hated this so much. This was in 2018, back in New Jersey, in the United States. They're a great couple. I think they're very interesting, and I just and I think I appreciate their their curiosity. Yeah, really do. But dude, dissected this fucking jar, and it's just. So for the folks at home who aren't here, all 45 to 60 of them, depending on our viewing at the moment, he's out metal detecting with a friend. 
and he's scanning around and doing his typical metal detecting thing. He's looking for a coin or something interesting. And he comes across this sort of hot hit while he's detecting away, starts digging down. And usually if, if you find a jar in an old farmhouse or something like that, they would stick coins in a jar and bury them in the yard so people wouldn't steal them. Mm-hmm. Sort of depression era. Al Capone did that too. Lots of people. Yeah, and then he was... got syphilis, and he couldn't remember where he left all his monies buried <laughs> everywhere. Well, that's a whole different topic. I watch. A, I listen to a lot of Sinister. It's true. <laughs> so they, he finds this jar, and he's like, oh, look, it's full of dirt and all kinds of jazz, and there's a coin in it. You can clearly see that there's a coin in it. Problem is... He starts kind of rummaging through this jar. He, I think he was a little... He, 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 was, pretty, he was pretty delicate. I, I can appreciate that, yeah. He, he took time to, to he laid it all break it down in a specific episode yeah. to itself. Yeah. So he, he opened it, though, and he goes through the contents. And he actually got in touch with the witch that created it. Now, this was in 2018 when he found it. The jar itself, there was little notes inside of it. That were dated to like the Dating. early to mid seventies. Yeah, because Princess so, no no not Princess Princess Grace was in it, in right? It, yes, yeah, somewhere. So like a picture of. He her. actually went back and did a lot of research and got in contact with her about it because he kind of obviously felt some bad juju about what he was tampering with. Right. So I you can don't want to be the that. guy that takes a swig of it. You don't want to be the guy <laughs> taking a TV. a quick thimble of this hot piss <laughs> from the 1840s. <laughs> now, it it just it there's a systemic continuation of ridiculousness mm-hmm. with with found things. You just kind of have to that look w- at it. Witches and practitioners of varying crafts have have thrown out there. Yeah. I think that if I lived a more muggle life, I would definitely be curious and open said bottle. I wouldn't take a hot swig of it, but I definitely would probably, like, if I was of the muggle persuasion, I would probably be on the curious side if I found something like that, but then... I know that my intuition would kick in and I'd probably get scared. <laughs> but And there's no. that that factor of like curiosity that killed the cat. Yeah. Like you, Am you I know, gonna get killed? You know that you shouldn't put your hands on it, but you do anyways. And there are some that are really, really blatant. Um and I've been like scouring the internet and the big one for me is not just the tales of woe, but the what can we what can we get out of this? What can we look forward to in the in the future as as a collective, as individuals within our own practice that would minimize and mitigate and then maximize our productivity for these things? I don't understand. Okay, here's one. Okay. Eastern Canada. So this is less than a year ago. Canada. Canada. Here up in the north. <laughs> so there's these two guys. And they're out. They're metal detecting and rubbaging through garbage and digging through creek beds and looking for bottles and cans. And That's how muggles get into witchcraft. This, these guys. These guys <laughs> definitely did. So not only are they rummaging around metal detecting, 
they're metal detecting away and they get this odd hit. Now, you're walking, here's a, I'll paint a picture for you with Please the words. Do. They're walking through the woods with their metal detector, majestically sweeping across the hillsides. And there, in a shallow hole, is a softball-sized, small green pumpkin. Don't touch it. It's a squash. Don't touch it. In a half-dug hole. No. Even better, the top has been cut off like a jack-o'-lantern. And it has been reattached. You know, like, back in the day when mom was sewing and she had those, like, sewing pins on a little plastic wheel mm -hmm. and they were all different colors mm -hmm. well these ones were blue and pink and they'd stuck them all up in the top of this thing to hold the lid back on the base of this little pumpkin now of course like you do they ripped the lid off <gasps> this thing and there was I'm a incensed. total a total now this is their big cash grab of the day four dollars and 45 cents in canadian stuffed in this thing along with flower petals and herbs and he said it smelt oddly vinegary now when he rinsed the coins off in the creek bed they were covered in something sticky and sweet and it was really gritty and it was oily and it had a lot of pungent kind of rot smell to it just a quick side note for all you numerology people four plus four plus five equals 13. Just for the fun of it. So, on top of all the little bits and pieces, there was paper and all kinds of stuff. Now, the inside of a pumpkin has this unmistakable orange color. It wasn't orange. It was a bled through, like something that had a very red content had been absorbed into the surface of the, the pumpkin inside? on the inside it didn't have the color outside no it, it was like dark hunter green on Jeez. the outside and it was very red on the inside now that could be wine it's a womb it could be it's a womb menstrual blood it could be a variety of red objects that have bled through sounds like somebody into this either a wanted to get pregnant or b didn't want somebody to get pregnant I, I don't know exactly. And that's the thing with intent when you create something like a jar yeah. or a, a container or a thing that you're placing in the wild. Yeah. There's, there's we a lot of. all day. A lot of unknown factors with it. Now, there's the innocence. You know, those guys are out there looking for treasure, right? You found some. Back in June of 2018, there was a dad, there's a dad and a, a daughter, and she's maybe five really little and they go on these little adventures and they have this really cute kind of youtube channel where it's like adventures with you know Susie kind of thing and they're all going around and all oh, what adventure did we get into today so it's kind of like a a video memory log for when he's older and she's older and she can kind of look back at all the fun times she had with dad right and that's really sweet and it's very endearing and i actually i, I like the idea you know like a memory log of of adventures and passions with dad. The Great. little things that you forget when you're older that yeah. people used to do, right? I think that's one thing to be said for the techno age is that you can record things like that and have video and stuff like that. So that's a really good idea. We should do that more. We should, actually. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting idea. Thing is, 
these poor schmucks are wandering around on their Don't call super a baby adventure. a schmuck. No, but dad's <laughs> digging around. What they were basically doing is walking through a creek bed, picking up cans out of the bottom of the river. Okay, they're doing an eco-friendly thing and collecting recyclables from the river, and I can appreciate that. Saving the but earth. But when you pull an uncorked rum bottle, a very fancy-looking rum bottle. Uncorked? Uncorked. And so on the top water was that, just going it, in it? It was all up in it. Okay. Then you realize it's full of things, and you not only think to yourself, hey, this kind of spooky-looking rum bottle in the bottom of this creek bed is intriguing to me, but I'm going to smash it because it had a really narrow neck on it. Please leave it alone. And a big, big <laughs> bottle to it. And they smashed it and went digging through. Now, the contents of this was, from what you can see out of it, there was rose petals, some little notes, pieces of some type of biblical text that had been folded up and tucked into it, and a variety of like herbs and things kind of mixed into it. And it was more obvious as being something more, I wouldn't say hoodoo or voodoo to it, because I don't delve into that realm of like the practice. it had a different feel but to it, you than the pumpkin or the other bottle? Uh, it was more akin to the jar that the guy in New Jersey found with the bits of scripture and it, it, the was it Madonnas just, was it and just things. the scripture that the scripture and okay. stuff like that and the way it was kind of together it had more of a a, a, a hoodoo vibe than just a, a, a jar with a herb in it kind of thing or some coins placed in it but it had a different bit of a feel to it and they they not only found this thing and wanted they they of course want to see inside like what's in Pandora's box, but then they smash it and open it up just to realize there's nothing of, of value to them in it. They're not going to get anything out of it. It gets substantially worse though. For this person, or no, in what just you found in general. I just went on a rabbit hole of. What the hell are people doing that they're not paying attention to A, what they're doing as practitioners, and B, what non-magical people are going to interact with when they get out there in the wild? So, like, as practitioners, what do you mean? Like, I think that if I were to create a rum bottle full of intention and you know, huck it into the Vedder River, fast flowing, then my intention is set. Whatever happens to it at the end of its lifespan and when it becomes, um, in, when it comes into somebody else's awareness, it doesn't end, it then becomes something to them. It's no longer something for me. Here's where it gets tricky. There's a guy down in the States out magnet fishing on a dock. Now, he's wandering out there picking up old pliers and fish hooks and things that people have dropped off the edge of the dock. He pulls up a quart-sized mason jar. Now, he finds this jar, and it is very tightly sealed. And the contents consist of a pitcher of someone, a satchel of felt, containing garlic and a bunch of herbs. The whole thing kind of smells like a sort of pasta. He refers to it as some type of pasta sauce smell to it. 
And the whole thing, this very tightly sealed mason jar, is filled with piss. Like it is just literally an amber jar of pee. And there's a photograph with the guy's name on it. His name? No. Oh. The, the person intended <laughs> in the like, jar. Well, that's pretty epic. Slipped into this thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's some herbs and some bits and pieces and literally just leveled out with pee. So you have a jar of garlicky pee. Now this poor schmuck, because he is a schmuck, <laughs> not only finds the jar off the dock, he opens it. And then he's all rummaging through with his bare hands. And that's a big thing with a lot of them, is these people are putting their bare hands into these jars. Except for the guy that you first talked about, who he puts on gloves. I think probably because he's done his research as well and doesn't want him. (laughs) He did a 20 minute Google search. This guy's still standing at the dock. Like he barely got the magnet off it, and he's like, who, what thing, this thing? So. There he is. I really, really hope your list came through there. (laughs) Yeah, knuckle deep in this jar of pee. And it's a a very catch-22 feeling when you start watching through them. You know, the folks at home can YouTube, they can Google search. There is a plethora of them. There's a bunch of people who magnet fish in England, and they're just going to these old river crossings on the canal ways and they're just throwing magnets in they're pulling up safes and guns and knives and bags of treasure and all kinds of stuff huge thing they're constantly pulling up is small bundles of cloth that have been taped up and there's some like herbs and heather and a couple of coins like very little like a couple just enough for the magnet to just enough for the magnet to connect but it's basically just like a little like petition to the river mm-hmm. that then there's there are dozens of them and they're pulling up t- like who throws a bag of change away every day consistently and they're pulling up dozens of them in a single afternoon in the same spot hmm. it's not like a thief is throwing something away it's it must something be something built attached intent. to the folklore of the specific place as, very well could as be. a person who likes to know the meat of a story and the meat of um intention I would go to the library and look up everything I could about the the place itself, the river, any lore that's attached to it, and find out who the fucking witches were in that in that village. And the big one is to tell them to stop taping it all up. Um, and that's I think what's bothering me the most. We have this uh, modern day society where. We, we go out of our way to try and encourage, you know, fostering positive growth in our wild environments. We don't want to, you know, we're trying to get rid of the chemicals and the, the pollution and the garbage. And we don't want to see the poor little turtles with a six-pack ring wrapped around their head anymore. Nobody does. It's terrible. And yet, so many people of the witchy kind of pagan community are out there throwing jars and plastic bags into a river filled with coins with intent. And I think that's what's kind of irking me about it. Is you the eco friendliness of it? Not necessarily the eco friendliness of it, but the I did not think this is where you were going. Nope. It, 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 it's kind of a, a twisted thing where A you're I appreciate throwing it. something mm-hmm. into the wild and into the environment that is you know, if it's in a sealed jar and container, 
If you're making a jar and putting it behind your toilet because somebody's a piece of shit and they deserve to live back there, that's one thing. But if you take that irky mess and you throw it in a river sealed, there's a very good chance that it's never going to break or it's going to take 50 years to break. Some poor schmuck is going to pull it out of the river in a week because you threw it off the edge of a slow-moving dock where it was convenient to get to, and there they are putting their fingers in your tinkle. So what you're saying is if you're going to do away with this, don't use tape, A, got that, and B, get a fucking rowboat and row your ass to the middle of the lake or the river and put it somewhere that it's not going to be found. Not going to be found or not going to be interacted with by people you don't want to on an easy scale. How do you know that the, well, you wouldn't know, but just for argument's sake, I don't know where this body of water was. Could it have traveled or would it have to have been just like dunked? Well, the the jar that the guy found, he, he literally drove his great big four by four truck up to the boat launch walked out onto the dock and threw a magnet off the side of this thing in a in like a duck pond in the edge of a bayou somewhere. It wasn't like it was a fast flowing kind of crazy river or some kind of tumultuous water body. So there's no way that it could have been No, somebody literally walked to the end of the dock and plooped it plooped off the end. Plooped it. And it it just I don't know, there like there has to be a way where the spiritual practice can be sort of altered depending on your environment and I think that A we're going through far too many masonry jars there's got to be something that that can be put into no there's that's the thing is that there's that meme that that graphic meme that goes around every now and then and it's like what to get a witch for her birthday a box of mason jars because it's true like we don't just use them for for like doing away with an intention like mm. intention jars they hold so much stuff you can put everything in and they I keep do. everything forever forever and that's another thing and you can make jam if you are so inclined if you're so inclined <laughs> but if you're like violently ill or you have some type of communicable disease and you pee into a jar and you seal it in an airtight masonry jar and then oh, yeah. some poor potato head's putting his fingers in it a week later the just because bio- he pulled it out of a river. He is exposed to so many toxins. The biohazard. I, I can appreciate the biohazard. But I know a fair amount of witches. And in my humble opinion, anybody that had a disease or something that could potentially be distributed via your urine... You're burying that shit in your backyard. You're not exposing some helpless, hapless muggle to... poor potato on a dock (laughs) with a magnet on a string. To your, like, you know... And I think it's also the fact that... It's not that it's irking me. It's just piquing my interest. Mm. That we we go out of our way to, to engage with our environment, to place our intentions into a jar, to put things into a... Uh, a creation of our own with intent laden purpose and these people aren't finding them on you know faraway lands we're we're finding them 
at the the closest place that a car can pull up to. It's kind of this interesting dynamic. I think that everybody should try their best to go farther than their cars can take them or it's really hard in a modern society to find places of solitude. I think that's what a lot of rural and or not rural but suburban people, especially spiritual people and witches in, in specifically, there are so few places that you can delve without like I tried to find a spot on the river and I couldn't find one and I wasn't wearing the right shoes and it's still almost, it's pretty much winter still. It was still really accessible. I couldn't find, it just didn't feel right. So I ended up doing um, the release and putting everything back into the earth in our backyard in a very, in a very ritualistic place. And it's a place that I use often in the backyard in the spring and summer months. So it makes sense, it made sense to come back to that, but it was just, I really, I had the intention and I could have just, you know, scattered it into, not scattered, but like intentionally placed everything into the river so that it could degrade with the river and release that way. But it was a group ritual for one. And in order to, to get that consent, it would have taken, uh, more time that I don't feel that we had because it was the full moon and we, you know, there was a, there's a window of time that needs to be adhered to. And so finding, finding a place that is undisturbed by anything but nature and magic is very hard to come by. And I think as people of a spiritual nature and specifically my being a witch, I, I crave that place or at least a knowing of that place. Like I can picture it in my mind's eye, but I've never seen it. There is a place, mm -hmm. just like the one I'm thinking of and, and yearning for. It's just not in my present reality at this point in time. And you just, you make do. And I think that for the people that made the jars that you were speaking to, they did what they could. Instead of bringing it back to their homes, they did what they naturally, instinctually, intuitively could. Could. However, I think the people that are rummaging through piss-filled jars should fucking not. Because that's disgusting. And also, you could die. <laughs> So, Not just because somebody's hexed it or cursed it, <laughs> hexing and cursing, different, but because there could be a disease. Or, or a there, pathogen or, or a pathogen, something. Or it could have just, you know, urine's pretty, like... It's uh, sterile. It's and then pretty it sterile. Gets... However, how do you know that the ammonia in your pee mixed with those herbs and the tape... Isn't creating Isn't something creating new. some sort of noxious fucking aroma and now that guy's brain dead. Well, that's a whole other situation. <laughs> so my big question with this whole thing is, A, what options should 
people look for if they're in that situation. If you're in a situation where you want to put something together like a jar or a container or a box or something and you want to get rid of it, what are options outside of burning it, burning it or flinging it, flushing it? I love flushing. It's such a modern thing to do. <laughs> um, are you asking me specifically? I'm, I'm asking you very specifically. Besides as, burning it. Yep. Because burning isn't always an option. Okay. If you live in an apartment or you're a very urban right? setting. And it's quite obvious that these people are getting to the edge of their urban environment. Because it's the right. edge of where these people are going to go searching and looking for things. Minus that guy from New Jersey. Because that house had been abandoned since the 20s. And it was like a crushed remnant of a, an old farmhouse in the boonies so in the sticks. Cool. Um, and it was buried in the 70s. So it lasted for like 40 years before this guy found it. Well, you bury it. You you definitely bury it. You go beyond where you think that you might... That if you don't want it ever to be found, then you would go a little bit farther. Get a fucking rowboat. Go on a ferry. Make a journey of it. You know, like really journey to where you think that like the depths... Like, nobody will find it. Um, you could also, like, glamour it so that people that are walking towards it won't see it. What alternate options do we have in the world around us to put something in where it's not going to necessarily last? Where you're, you're the, the elements Stop of your... Stop your riddles. Just nope, tell the me. elements of your spell are going to yes. go together into this... A blender. Containment unit. And you're going to bury it or put it somewhere that it's far, far away and no one's ever going to get their hands on it. Yes. But the 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 riddles of time are going to eat away at the overall consistency of it. And the elements are still going to be together. A biodegradable container? What are, we, what are our options? Well, you could make it into like a, a tree. You know those, you know, like when there's that thing when people pass away and their ashes get put into like a little, like a little seedling, like a little pod, and then they become a tree. Yep. Their essence. Um, And I was thinking something like the the dollar store cardboard (laughs) boxes, Um, a little wooden box. Things like you've look at those would degrade like well, well, well over time, but. Well over time, and... How is that any different than the glass jar? I don't understand. Uh, uh, you look at it, there's people that go along the, the, the Thames in England, in London, and they're mudlarking, walking <clears throat> along the river basin just when the tide's out, picking things out of the shore. Yeah. And they're pulling out pipes that broke, and people threw off the edge of a boat... Bastards. ...in the 1700s. They're walking along in these little mud bogs on the edge of the river and they're picking up pieces of pottery and coins and bits of bone that the Romans had been throwing into the River Thames when they had occupied London, you know, a couple thousand years ago. The, the like pottery itself and glassware does not break down very quickly. It takes a long time to break down. So if you bury something in an open field, 
if if no trees grow and nothing's growing it's an open meadow the chances of something compromising that jar enough to break it is is very very slim and i think in a very soon time the only thing that's going to break down is the metal lip on the mason jar it all comes down to your intention though so if it's something that you wish to contain then the the jar would be the best bet true yes you would you would come you would have to factor in whether you're comfortable in 50 years of somebody finding it potentially but it all comes down to your intention is it something that you want to keep sealed or is it something that you want to give back to the earth or have it renewed and degraded over time absolutely and i think the the idea that if you want something to last for a long period of time if it's a jar you know like filled with honey so the glass is going to last a thousand years and they found honey in egypt you know in optimum conditions that's air dried over the millennia and it's like ten thousand year old honey that's crystallized into a container you could splash a little water on it throw it in the microwave and throw it on your toast no it's healing i'm sure it's healing but <laughs> it is though it is but it, it's it lasts literally forever there's no expiry date so on something like that dip everything in honey it's dip everything in honey and put saying. it in a glass jar and then wrap it in tape. no just honey itself it will last for a very long time depending on your environment mm. we live on the wet coast we we live literally in a rainforest everything is wet we get two months maybe a year where it is swelteringly hot and the rest of the year it's just a sweaty muggy kind of drizzle swamp just a swamp and burying something that is intended to last for a long time is going to take a lot more effort here than it would in the desert somewhere mm -hmm. you know you go to arizona out into the desert somewhere things will last a lot sort of easier they're not going to weather because, the same way uh, yeah because decomposition happens faster in a different in a different way in those humid wet kind of soupy conditions and it's i think taking into account sort of what people are putting out there if you put a picture of someone into a jar and then put it into a you know slow moving waterway where it's basically sitting five feet down in the mud it's it's never going to get broken and then some poor schlup is sitting there with his fingers rummaging around looking at this picture of someone that clearly did something that they shouldn't have and it's not that old it hadn't been there for very long when this guy found it so that kind of that person still lives in that area that person is still there that person is still accessible to other people and the only information that you have when you find it because of course if someone finds it they're gonna open it they're gonna look at it and they're like oh hey look john smith covered in piss covered in pee and here's his picture i'm gonna look him up on facebook and probably gonna find this guy and be like hey man i found your face in a jar of pee would you if curiosity gets you to the point where you're putting your fingers in a jar of pee chances are you're gonna like 
you're going to be curious enough to at least creep on this guy and accidentally like his picture on Instagram. We've all done it. It's (laughs) that, that curiosity of the human condition where we, we don't step back and think to ourselves, hang on a minute, maybe I shouldn't be opening this up. Do you know what it is? It's that everybody wants to find treasure. Everybody wants to find something, and I, okay, I'm generalizing, but every, I feel like a lot of people have this fantasy that they're going to find something and it's going to make them rich or it's going to make them famous or it's going to, you know, or more scientific people would be, you know, what am I going to discover? So I Great story to tell people or, around a campfire. Somewhere. Or mystery, you know, what mystery am I going to uncover or, you know, solve? So it could be as basic as I think this is going to have like the deed to like 100,000 houses and I'm going to be rich. Or it could be this is, you know, a long lost autograph of somebody really fucking famous and then I'm going to get, you know, accolades for that. Or it's science-based and like some mysterious compound is found inside and or 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 aliens 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 right so it really that's why as humans i feel like we are the compulsion to open things that should potentially be left alone especially if they are pee-filled you said pee a lot. <laughs> is it, People it like outweighs, to pee in jars. It outweighs, I think, it out, like the, the potential of what it could be and no, needing to know what it is outweighs everything. I think that it's an impulse that not very many people would be able to have the willpower to say, I'm just going to put this back. <laughs> so that's, I I think that's, I've solved it. Yeah, that's it. That, we're done. That's okay. We're done. No, 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 we're not done. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that the witchy kind of pagan sort of outlying community, we have a lot of... I feel like all of us would leave those fucking everybody. jars alone. If if I was out magnet fishing or metal detecting or digging around or I was playing on the beach with the kids and I moved a rock and I saw something, I would I would look at it and I'd like maybe give it like I'd an probably, angled once I'd, over. I'd examine it, but I wouldn't fucking And then open I would it. bury it even deeper than it was. Mm-hmm. Now, that's informed, I think... We spend a lot of time reading. We spend a lot of time following people and practicing and interacting with things. And we'd be able to see something and recognize it for what it is. When you have someone that is completely uninformed and outside the community entirely, that's just out for a day potatoing his way around the woods, they, they... they pull this thing up and it's that's that. not to say that every muggle person is a potato no that's not no. what he was saying but if, if you're just lumbering along through a day and not not informed and interacting with information that in comes head. with consciousness of what you're like that comes with like being conscious of that so a lot of people when they stumble across a 
ajar in the middle of the woods, they wouldn't think that it's occult or witchy in nature or pagan in semblance. It would just be a jar in the middle of the woods and I'm going to find a finger in it and I'm going to solve a murder. A finger in, Most, ten, in 10 cents. Let's just be, let's just be honest. There's a lot of people that listen to like murder podcasts right now. It's very, very, and so that's what they're going to be thinking. They're, they're going to have, you know, this compulsion because it's not in their consciousness that somebody would go into the woods to bury their intentions or to do away with or rid their lives of something in that way. So it all comes down to your, is it, it's your consciousness, like what you're conscious of. You finding a jar in the middle of the beach, you know, if we were digging with the kids, you would think, shit, gotta bury that further. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't open it. No. <laughs> Only because you're super big germaphobe, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put my fingers in the tinkle. What'd you do on Saturday? Well, you know what? I just decided to splash my fingers around in a pint glass with somebody else's warm pee. Anybody got a syringe? <laughs> I want to see what this tastes like. Yeah, let's just take a quick taste <laughs> test. Just just to see what it's like. What's spicy? Um, <laughs> there, I, I think what I was going at with my whole kind of sort of thought process was more if people are going to be interacting, we're placing our intentions out into the world, we're casting something out, we're cutting something off, we are disengaging or we're putting something of ourselves out there to not only do it with our intent, but with a side kind of thought in our mind just take take that two seconds to say maybe somebody's gonna find this and if they do how do I feel about that oh yeah and I think everybody that makes one of those jars I mean obviously not if somebody finds it outside of a dock like two minutes from his own rails line <laughs> but there there has to be you know okay. if, a if you're if you're limited on your mobility or you're not able to get super far away, you know, think to yourself, think to myself, because I would think about it. Okay, well, I have to get rid of this, but I'm not gonna be able to get super far away into some isolated place where no one's ever gonna go. I bet you it's where that person had their first kiss with that said person in piss jar, and they wanted that person to be in that place. It's true. People don't... It's very like, true. There's, there's intention with the place as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's doing a disservice to that practitioner by saying that they were haphazard in the... Just let me finish. You go. I think that it's doing a disservice to that practitioner to say that it was not a part of their intention to have it that accessible. I think that they're... It could, like, I could be just extremely romantic, romanticizing this. However, I think about things like that. If I were going to put a jar easily accessible, there would be a reason for it. And you know what? That is a completely valid thought. And I can... Well, thanks. No, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even patronizing you. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly 
awed by that thought process. I like that because it didn't necessarily clue into me. And my thought process was more of it being so easily accessible. But then again, I know that people are out throwing magnets off a dock somewhere trying to get everybody's lost phones and pliers. Mm -hmm. So you have this idea where people might not know that. They might not have it in their repertoire of information. Also, they might not be able-bodied. So if they can't access things like that, then they're going to have to make that a part of their their intention, right? Like, And it's also sort of a PSA where people can, 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 can hear, at least think, for, from our perspective, or at least my perspective, that there's a very good chance somebody's going to find something like that. Right. In a, in a public area, off of a dock... You know, there's water. You think it's because twenty feet deep. There are people looking. Though. There that's are people the, looking for. The they're not looking specifically things. for your thing, no. but they are going. They are looking like they're fishing with a magnet. <laughs> so they're they're out looking for something, and just like that compulsion to find the next, you know, the next. I'm going to solve the next mystery and I'm going to, you know, find the next treasure. It's, it's, or find the next cool thing. And it's, it's good to, it is, it is really good to know that there are people that are looking. So maybe don't, if you don't want your, your item to be found and you can prevent it, then maybe seek, seek out something that's less accessible. And a big thing I've learned. Ooh. Also, one second, um, for the other, like the other jars and the bottles, those are so old that the, that the, the way that they find it, like maybe if, you know, we hadn't bulldozed that area or, you know, kept that place as it was when it was first buried then it would not have been more as accessible. So mm. fuck well, us the, as humans because yeah, well, we're on the just one, garbage. The house was you know 200 years old and they were renovating and put a new front door in and when they took the threshold off, there was a but, bottle underneath. But the bottle that was found in the creek. So if maybe when it was placed there, that was the only person that had been to that creek in 100 years. So with population growing people evolving and you know if it was a if it was a an old bottle it's you could say that it was that person probably didn't think that it would be discovered because I don't know sometimes I'm very aware of how fast our um our world moves but if it was you know over over a hundred years ago it's not that long, but it's it's a lifespan. Yeah, but that was when people things were just starting to pick up and and stuff. You can see that in in like the seventeen hundreds and stuff. But maybe they just didn't they didn't have the fourth the foresight to to see that it could have been discovered. So they were thinking that it was probably not ever going to be discovered. Well, and I think if you bury something with intent and purpose, and it lasts for. 40 years without being touched you're 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 doing pretty good 
I'd say. I'd say that's a pretty solid, solid effort that's been thrown out there. And if you put something out there and it gets found in a week, well, maybe part of that intent is somebody else is putting their fingers in a pee-filled jar with your picture <laughs> and you're embarrassed all over the internet because now your picture is all over the internet. Your pee-soaked um, picture? <laughs> yeah, like you were obviously doing something wrong. That's fucking diabolical. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that can be part of the intent as well is make it so it's going to be found. You know, you walk into a park and it's right there in the open. I'm really, really, very, very interested to know this backstory of this person that pissed in the jar and then put the picture in it because I can I can almost see it like I can see the person thinking like never gonna fucking kiss here again you pissy bastard you know and (laughs) (laughs) some guy a week later is sitting there with a magnet going what the hell and he even paused like he's looking at it like there's like a, a silence like oh See, and he's that, like opening it up, and he knows he yeah, shouldn't be opening yeah, it, and yeah. he's quiet. And then he's like, especially because it was around. hard to open. Like you gotta put some elbow grease to that. Yeah, and he he was going right into it, and he was like really quiet the whole time, knowing full well that I should not be opening this. Knowing full well I shouldn't be putting my fingers in this, but he's still doing it anyways. So what? Did can, he recognize that it was pee right away? Oh no, he had no idea. Okay. <laughs> he said it smelled like spaghetti pasta sauce. Right. This smells like pasta sauce. There's garlic and some herbs and some stuff. Wood chips. Looks like bark mulch. Like he had no clue. And but he knew. He knew instinctually that there was a good reason that he should not be putting his fingers in this jar. And yet there he is, just picking away. Pushing away. And it it from my perspective, I'm thinking, what are you doing? Like, no, bad puppy. Like, this is not what you should be doing. But other people don't know that. And I think having having part of your intent, not just with a jar, but with anything you're doing, should be, is someone going to find this? You know, have I, have I burned it down enough that it's unrecognizable? Have I buried it deep enough that my intent is, is engaged? And if you aren't able, whether it's, a physical reason or if it's a time-based reason a half-buried pumpkin in the woods tells me someone was interrupted and ran like they didn't dig a deep hole it was like just they scooped a little hole and placed it into that hole mm-hmm. and who knows what's in it like there could be blood and guts and gore and it could be all kinds of things and it, it could be you know honey and a glass of wine with the intentions of Celebration, libations, and a uh, perked up spirit. Sounds like belting. It, it kind of has a ring to it. And yet, there's no idea. Like, we have no idea of what their actual intent was. Because mm-hmm. the, the written portions degrade. The, um, you know, the pictures fade. And all you're left with is some dried remnants. remnants and coins. Mm-hmm. And I think... Yes, you know, coins have a lot of purpose and practice. They have a long-standing, archaic root in many, many facets of magical practice. And it's the sound, the rattling. But if you don't want it to be found, if you really want to make something go away and be buried deep, 
not putting metal into your into your jar is a big thing that you could make it go away forever. You know, plug the top and seal it with wax and bury it deep, as deep as you can, with no coins inside. That's never going to be found by anybody metal detecting or rummaging around if it's buried under the roots of a tree somewhere, in you know, the crotches and roots of a tree, it's gone. It'll just get pulled down into the earth. Whereas something that has metal in it intrinsically is going to draw people to it. And it's it's really interesting that something like a coin, you know, a dime in the bottom of a, of a jar draws people to it. Somehow, whether it's it's the money or the material it's made of, and a lot of people that they're pulling these coins up, they're 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 looking for silver coins. It could be they're the, looking for gold coins. It could also be in, intuitively. That's when the spell or the intention is done, is when it is discovered. It could be that, you know, one of the reasons why we put coins in is for it to be found eventually so that it can be re-released or reintegrated or just so that its contents can be examined and the intention or the 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 cognitive like the person who's examining these remnants is saying wow look at all this shit's degraded and just that that little piece of acknowledgement of the degradation of the the contents of the jar is enough for the spell or the intention to be um, taken further. And like the jar that the guy in New Jersey found where there were dates in the newspaper clippings and Mm -hmm. stuff that were in it, he was able to date it back to... A certain period of time. He it wasn't was, that long ago either. It was like the seventies or eighties. It was. It, I think it was in the seventies, and he was actually able to find the person who buried that jar there, and he went and talked to them. Now he doesn't talk about it on his YouTube channel. He mentions it in passing, and then just kind of, yeah, not my place. And it's it's like a time capsule. When mm-hmm. you do that, if you have 100%. names and dates, and if you're placing a coin in there, a lot of people use old coins because they have more sort of absorbed power over time. That That's a the thing with coins. And yet, if you're placing something there in 2020, I think if you know that eventually someone's going to find it, placing a coin with the date of the year is important because it at least it, it, it sort of dates that moment in time mm-hmm. sort of as your cutoff point like I'm done with this person's bullshit as of 2020 mm-hmm. done and yet that's personal practice though that, that's personal practice because like a lot of people put the date of when they met someone yeah in a coin and yeah. some other people just throw a coin in there. Mm-hmm. like we don't make pennies anymore so you're not going to find a 2020 penny, or you could, but you probably have sad. to pay 70 bucks for it. So sad. Well, and now it's just costing you more to 
practice practice magical in the dark in the okay. woods somewhere. On a different note, so the ladies on Sinisterhood, Heather, she was talking about loonies, and she's like, yeah, they don't even have they don't have dollar bills anymore. They used to have two dollar bills, but now they got the dooney. And I, I like I was listening to it, and I'm like, oh, I bet you they got so many comments or so many DMs. And on the next episode, they apologized to all of Canada. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Yeah, it's I love them so doony. much. It was it's just so doony. funny how she said it. I just love them. So Honestly, much. our money is ridiculous. It's so fucking stupid. We have a loony and a toony. That was a good topic, Ryan. Thank you. I appreciate it. I have nothing because <laughs> I have been so busy and so tired and personal practice has gotten in the way and I'm one of those people that needs to script. So I I have, I don't think I have anything. I didn't script anything, but I wrote you lots of stuff down. You never do. I made lots of scribbles on paper. You I even did. highlighted. You even highlighted. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big step in the right direction. I appreciate. Um, he kept this all to himself too, just bursting at the seams for like ten days straight. I have so much to tell you. How? Okay, you're like scrolling <laughs> around and like searching things and looking stuff up and reading little tidbits and news clips all over the place. And you are watching some guy rummage his fingers around in a jar of someone else's pee from the bottom of a lake that's like barely lost its warmth. And how am I not <laughs> supposed to be like, babe, check this out. Oh my God. Especially because you know how adversely I reacted to the other guy. Oh, it's terrible. Oh man, so terrible. So good. What do you hope that people take from this episode listening? Uh, I think just taking a moment to to realize that your personal practice and what you're trying to get rid of is very important but also that other people someone else could go and find this they could be digging along a sandy bank and pull this out not knowing what it is that you've done or why you've done it and just not not stop yourself from doing it. I think that adding the extra um, intention, uh, which is something that I do in my personal practice, of finding if if this ever becomes discovered that it is discovered in the the time that is of the highest good. Um, and just 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 taking that 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 hot minute. To Instead of a hot pee in a jar? It, well, you can still take the hot pee in a jar, although, you know... <laughs> Sour jars are my favorite. On a, on a physics level, there's a lot of dynamics that have to go into play. You know, if you've already filled the jar with other things, is it going to overflow? Or are you going to pee on things? Do you want to pee into another container and then transfer it? Like, there, you have a lot of intent getting jar like pee into a little tiny jar. Do you go to the grocery store with the intent of getting a tenna and then pissing yourself and then wringing that tenna out? <laughs> <laughs> the adult diaper. 
I'm so sorry, you guys. That is <laughs> terrible. But it adds to the intention. It it really does. <laughs> like I went out of my way to walk around in this all day. And to then save you bury the adult diaper. No, don't. I'm just no, kidding. Well, diapers never break down. Like they're the worst <laughs> thing in the landfill. They're horrible. Like a time capsule of hate. <sighs> <laughs> That's a whole different topic. And where can you find us? You found at underscore heathen moon underscore on Instagram. We're on Facebook, Heathen Moon. And you can find us on the interwebs, www.heathenmoon.ca. Please subscribe to our newsletter. We put them out every so often, usually cyclically, cyclically. <laughs> every turn of the wheel. And we are, for those local to us, we're doing Vancouver Pagan Pride again. This will be our third year, and we are really excited to, to see everybody in this summer. So um, be sure to subscribe to Vancouver Pagan Pride as well.